Cam Newton is cut. The Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Mac Jones is going to throw for seven, eight, nine thousand yards. James White is going to catch two hundred passes, and everyone who doesn't have eighty percent of every single Patriots player is dust. That is what I've learned today. And that is what we're going to get into amongst many, many other things as it pertains to NFL cut day. And then we're going to review some drafts from the, from the discord. Tuesday is usually strictly discord draft review day. Thank you for joining as usual, but I felt it was important to uh, dive a little bit into some of these, these camp cuts before we get into all the different drafts that you guys have posted in the discord. Thank you again for doing so um because i'm sure some of this conversation will pertain to you know will pop up with some of these uh drafts obviously i was kidding about the patriots but if your twitter timeline is anything like mine holy cow it it just certainly goes to show you we need football guys we need football to get here real bad because um Whoever was the highest on James White um, has been crowned the winner. We don't even need to play the games. Whoever has been the highest on Damian Harris, whoever's been the highest on every single Patriots player is the winner. It's a race to see who was the highest. But I do think it, you know, all kidding aside, I think it is a great example of something that is the, you know, the shiny new toy, right? The shiny new toy of draft season of the preseason of of leading up until the nfl season and like i don't even remember i don't know about you guys it's a little different last year because we didn't have pre you know stern the the really the 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 you know drolls of the of the pandemic we didn't have a preseason we didn't really have access to the teams like this you know so we did have cut day and everything but we didn't have quite as many things to really really latch on to but it feels like this year we are just going going way too crazy over the little bit of information that 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 we do get and whatever the latest information is and this patriots example is a really really good one and i think um the market that we're playing in right now is very reactionary which in part is accurate and and makes it more efficient because we have more information and thus we should be reacting one way or the other. We should probably be reacting in some in some form or fashion just because having more information is helping us predict things a little bit better. However, I think what I've really started to, to feel, um, and I think we're going to see it a lot as it pertains specifically to today on camp, you know, with all the cuts that are, that are happening, um, that have already happened and are going to happen, Cam Newton being the the most, the biggest shining example is we're probably overreact. Like we're, we're, we seem to be overreacting. And so, like I was saying with last year, you know, it's not the perfect example, but I also don't remember this, you know, in the fantasy football market at all in, you know, I'm sure that we reacted and overreacted in past years, but it doesn't feel like it was quite this drastic. Like I said, it, you know, that's my bubble. I'm, I'm, I'm following all, all you crazy people out there um you guys in the chat like like my guy like you know all you all you folks thank you for dropping in the 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 team in the discord and i promise we will get to those soon but let's talk about this overreaction stuff a little bit like using the patriots as an example i think again maybe i'm crazy maybe i am in the minority but the writing to me has been on the wall that Cam was going to be gone, not gone from the team. I'm surprised he's cut, but he was not going to be the quarterback sooner rather than later. I think it was, especially once Cam had the COVID issue, I think it was really, really evident. And I started drafting a little bit of Mac Jones when it made sense on teams, you know, in the last round or last couple of rounds, once we started to get that, because he, I mean, he, Mac was playing great. Mac has played great in the preseason. Mac has very clearly outplayed Cam, like even even to a greater extent than like Lance has outplayed Jimmy G. Um, it, it has just been so clear to me 
that Mac was going to take this job. I, I felt pretty confident he was going to start week one, but even, even if that was not the case, I felt it was pretty obvious that he was going to take this job sooner rather than later. So I think the expectation already should have been, and like I said, maybe I'm, maybe this is just me and my galaxy brain taking certain things too far sometimes. But to me, this is, this, this was like the expectation that Mac was going to be like the Mac was going to get this job. And so we're, we're going nuts now that it's confirmed and that Cam is gone. And Cam being gone is definitely a factor because he's completely out of the equation now. He can't steal goal line carries, right? He can't, he can't, you know, he can't pull a Taysom type thing and come in and really screw things up, even though he's not the starter. So that that's impactful. However, I think what the real true story is that basically all the Patriots, maybe outside of Nelson Aguilar, were undervalued, were, were just underpriced in the market. And we've seen a huge correction on Jacoby Myers and a little bit of a little bit of James White correcting their price. Like James White was readily available, like super, super late. I posted some screenshots yesterday going through some old teams with like, you know, 17th round James White or something. That was ridiculous, regardless of who started at quarterback. But I think these guys were just underpriced. And we saw Jacoby Myers really shoot way, way up. And he was a, also a guy that was available in the late rounds. And he shot way, way up. And so the market has adjusted a little bit on those guys. But maybe, you know, maybe it was still even a little bit too low. And I think it probably was still a little bit too low on James White. Definitely too low on the tight ends. Hunter, I don't get Hunter Henry's price at all. Like if Cole Komet did not exist, I would have like a billion percent Hunter Henry. Luckily, I'm able to balance things out between Komet and Henry and a little bit of Janu, right? Um, Damian Harris has pretty much remained the same, whether you believe he's he's underpriced or not. I think he's close, but the expectation hasn't really changed to me. And I think... W- we get really enamored with the unknown and the new thing. And Mac is very clearly an upgrade. And it really, really helps that Mac played well in the preseason. Like, I mean, he was awesome. Looked really good and far better even than I thought he was going to look in the preseason. Me too. I've been, I've been on record as saying this. And so again, maybe my, just like how my approach has been has skewed my thoughts here a little bit. So I'm just talking it through so you guys can you know, hop in and tell me if I'm, if I'm being an idiot, but I, I just think all the Patriots were underpriced. We should have been drafting these guys all off season from Damien, no matter what you think about Damian Harris from Damian Harris um, to James White, to Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith. If you like Aguilar, I'm not super, personally high on Aguilar, but I could, I, I, I get it. If you are um, Ramondre Stevenson. Now, obviously that, that Sony is gone. All of those guys are, have been draftable and you probably should have been drafting them uh, particularly when they fit on the structure of your team. And so we have this new obsession as these things, as this news piles in, especially on a cut day today where now, Oh baby, cam is gone. We, We've, we've seen the data, right? They didn't pass last year. They didn't throw the ball downfield, blah, 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 blah. But now, now it's certain that Mac is the guy and we know it. And so now we start pipe dreaming about what could be because we knew what it was going to be with Cam and it wasn't going to be pretty. So now we start pipe, like Mac Jones has looked great. All the stars are aligning for us to be able to dream about this ceiling scenario for these Patriots players. And everybody is clamoring over James White, Jacoby Myers, whatever, Damian Harris, mainly the running backs. I also find that interesting, which I'll get to in a second. Everybody is clamoring over the running backs, which is kind of funny. I think that Damian, this Damian Harris point um, is definitely true. No cam, no ability for cam to vulture him, vulture Damian Harris at the goal line is a very big boost to his ceiling. I think because those touchdowns, you know, are so important, especially in half point PPR. Big boost to Damian Harris. It's also a boost to James White because the offense should, in theory, just get better. And, and even 
even if it doesn't get better, the ceiling is definitely better, right? We're, we're playing for an outcome where they're better. They can't get much worse. And so there's really only potential steps forward for the Patriots. And so that's a great boost for, for James White. You have a quarterback that does that's not really a runner that should hopefully elevate the offense, which is just good for for everyone. But we're but there's this like obsession over oh James White the the they're they're gonna throw more, they're gonna be better. So this is just wheels up for James White, which is somewhat true. And I'm more bullish on James White. And I and like you know, it's been a running bit. I made fun of Davis a long time ago with a tweet about James White. And it wasn't even really about James White. I was lower on him earlier in the year, and I drafted him still even being lower because I was trying not to be stubborn. However, Cam did Cam has targeted running backs at a very high frequency. He completed almost 70% of his passes last year, and he basically threw to two dudes, Jacoby Myers and James White. Now, James White didn't get a ton of targets and catches because they didn't throw a lot, and their offense was so painfully slow and bad and so that's the huge boost for james white but from a targets per route run perspective and maybe even from a a snaps perspective i don't know that it's a a big you know being on the field more the offense being on the field more maybe from a snaps perspective but a snap share and all that nothing has really changed for james white right and nothing has really changed for damian harris other than the goal line thing you know again because going back I kind of thought, like, did we not think Mac was going to take this job? Am I crazy? I, I, I guess I just thought that that was baked into everybody's thinking. And so I think the market might take this thing too too far. The expectation is now absolutely better for all the Patriots. But I think we should have been drafting them all along. And it's the perfect example that we should get out ahead of these things. Right? Get out ahead of these guys that are underpriced. And basically every Patriot was underpriced. So let's draft them when they're underpriced. Now we get the Mac news and everybody is, it's the new shiny toy. And so everybody is going crazy over this Patriots thing when like their expectation wasn't really bumped that much. Maybe a little, but not like a ton. And now James White's probably going to go up multiple rounds. Damian Harris might move up. You know, Jacoby Myers might go up even more. And it starts to become a point where now we actually don't really want to be taking these guys because we're, the season's almost here. Most of these tournaments are almost full. And all our competitors have, are going to have these guys at, at better prices. And so if they don't go up that much, I get it. But I think it's just a really clear example that we we really latch on to the latest piece of news. And like I said, the shiny, shiny new toy syndrome. When actual expectations and realistic ranges of outcomes don't haven't really changed. And so on a day like today, we need to make sure we're keeping that in mind, right? And in these scenarios, like with Mac, who is who is to say he doesn't throw more to their new weapons they just paid a lot of money to? I like James White too, especially because he's a running back. He makes perfect sense in so many structures. I like Damian Harris because I do think that has improved his ceiling, mainly in half-point PPR or standard leagues. But who is to say Jacoby Myers just doesn't become an elite wide receiver option now if Mac is good and Jacoby, we know Jacoby Myers is good. So maybe Jacoby Myers is just a freaking alpha and James White is still just same old James White. Who's to say that Jacoby Myers isn't the guy that we really should be hammering, right? Everybody's so obsessed with Corey Davis, right? Corey Davis got the one of the biggest spikes of the entire offseason because of all the targets he got in a few preseason games. Maybe Jacob, maybe Jacoby Myers is better than Corey Davis. And we should be, I don't know. No one knows. We don't know exactly how this is going to play out. Not every Patriots player, every Patriots player can have a better expectation in terms of their draft value, but they can't all pay off. Mac looks, Mac looks great. This offense is going to be improved. They're still going to be a run first offense. They're probably not going to be the, you know, lead the, the league in pace. They're not going to be able to support two tight ends, three wide receivers, three running back. Like they, you can't support all of that as fantasy assets. So we want to, you know, you want to pick guys where they make sense at the right cost and the right structures and not latch on to got to skyrocket all these Patriots up my, up my draft boards. So I kind of, I want to see what the market does with these guys. I think it's, I think it might be become a little bit of a runaway train for us personally. 
that's enough on the Patriots. Your whole morning has probably, just like mine, been consumed with the freaking Patriots. And we're going to get to the playoffs of these tournaments and the Patriots are, are not going to matter, right? Like the odds are you don't need a Patriot to win one of these tournaments. I think the odds are that at least a couple of these Patriots are going to be really helpful players um, in your drafts at cost, but they might not be super helpful at the new cost that they get to. And so it's just the new shine. You know, like I said, shiny new toy. We're all excited about it. It's news to clamor to and good Lord. Do we need football one more week? <clears throat> so um, the one thing I will say about this. Yeah. I, I don't, I, that's the other thing I think is like, again, it's just the new thing. And people see that now there's an actual ceiling on this offense. There's potential to be efficient. There's potential to pass more. There's definitely potential to score a whole lot more points. And so we're excited for that. But no one's projecting them to be one of the best offenses in the league. At least I'm not. They, they could be above average, too. They could be in the top 15 or, or something. Uh, but they're not. Dogs are uh, dogs are on the Patriots or not on the Patriots. So I'm not sure. You got to hold on. Someone's in my house. Someone's in my house. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Streaming at home by home by yourself. People come and rile up your dogs when you're trying to talk about the Patriots. But anyway, we talked about the Patriots enough. I get why people are, are more bullish. I am more bullish, but let's just be smart, I think, about how we approach it. Some other camp cut, NFL cut day news that I think is important. There's a little less, you know surprise cut this guy got cut that we thought was fantasy relevant right that kind of already happened with Rashad Perriman that was the big one probably what is interesting for anybody else holding their Latavius Murray bags is it appears he's going to make the the Saints they cut Devonta Freeman and it appears their three running backs are going to be Alvin Kamara Tony Jones Jr. and Latavius Murray I don't think we can say for sure what that means it certainly doesn't make me super excited about Latavius I think the nut outcome for Latavius probably was getting cut just based on everything that we know right now however it's also possible the nut outcome for Latavius Murray was staying put and all the camp news was bs all the oh this is interesting we'll get to this in a second that's very interesting. I think we just, I think the Saints thing is just super uncertain. And so for me personally, I think you can take some shots if you have, if you, if you want to, like, if you want to diversify a little bit with some Tony Jones Jr., I guess that's okay in late rounds. I'm still not super excited for him. I think that that still means there's paths to Latavius being the number two and like, and all the, the last week or two just didn't matter he actually is still the number two but i don't think i I don't think i feel better or necessarily worse about the same situation um just one of those i think we're gonna have to see you know if you're in managed leagues you'll know pretty quick i mean we'll know in a week and a half what the deal is between latavius and tony jones jr and so you'll be be able to to cut or scoop a guy or whatever again still feel really good about kamara Kamara's my number two player. Um, yep, agree with this 100%. 100%. Zero hero RBs. The Patriots were zero in hero RB builds. Patriots running backs were awesome, awesome, awesome targets. Really, in, in, in just about any build, they fit good. You know, they're just the perfect archetype, which, whichever one you pick, <clears throat> or whichever any of the three that you pick, even if you include the Ramondre in that or JJ Taylor in that, whatever your preferences, I think the Patriots backs all make a lot of sense in different structures. Um, yeah, I it, uh, will definitely be doing. I'll definitely be doing content uh, as it pertains to like reviews and and I'll try to keep in mind as much of the stuff. You know, all these crazy news nuggets and all these crazy market shifts. Um, but I'll be doing daily content when uh, when the NFL season starts too. 
Um, let's see here. Yeah, right. I like Mac, but come on. Um, doubling back. So let's do the Falcons thing. Actually, I'm going to come back to the Falcons thing because I don't have a thought about it yet. Two things that are not um, relating specific to players like that we've drafted, but Stefan Gilmore is on the PUP and David Bakhtiari is on the PDP, PUP. Um, Gilmore, I've seen people reacting to the Gilmore thing, may, again, maybe a little bit more than, like Stefan Gilmore is obviously one of the best corners in the league, and that's a, a big hit to the Patriots defense, but I think their defense is still going to be very good. Very good. So I wouldn't go in and think, you know, this is probably more for, again, manage type leagues or DFS type stuff. But I wouldn't go in thinking like, oh, baby, now we get to attack the Patriots defense. Because I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's true. David Bakhtiari is interesting because, you know, the Packers are an expensive offense in fantasy. Obviously, Devontae Adams goes in the first round. Aaron Jones goes pretty much in the first round around at least somewhere near the, the first round. And Aaron Rodgers is, you know, was one of the biggest risers after we got rid of his uh, retirement concerns and, and trade concerns. And David Bakhtiari is one of the best offense, best left tackles in 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 the league. And at cost, we need this offense to basically do again what they did last year. Devonte Adams has to do that again, you know, or something similar. At cost, Aaron Rodgers definitely has to do what he did last year at cost where, you know, where he's being drafted right now. And I think that those were already concerns that we had about whether they could maintain that and whether that, you know, whether the, you know, the regression is coming. Um, Aaron Jones has, you know, concerns with that as well. And he has AJ Dillon on his heels in terms of how much is AJ Dillon going to steal from him in terms of high value touches. You know, maybe he's going to catch some more balls, but maybe AJ Dillon steals some more touchdowns. Now, if the offense also is a little bit less efficient when you just start, you know, when you take away really, really uh, like they had a good offensive line. And now I don't, you know, someone better than I, Brandon Thorne um, would have to, I would have to, I'll have to double check after this, what Brandon is saying about the Packers offensive line. But um, you know, it's a concern. And it doesn't maybe seem like a huge concern, but I think it's a fair a fair concern um, as it relates to the Packers. So you know, I, I'm not like I'm not like out on Devonte Adams or Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon or MVS or any of these guys, but I think it's at least like a uh, you know maybe if you're you're breaking ties or if you already have heavy exposure to some of those guys, um, I think it would be a, a fair tiebreaker to lean to lean elsewhere. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't think we even know when Bakhtiari is going to return. And so if you miss more than half of your regular season with the, uh, you know, their offensive tackle and it just, things start to add up, right? You lose Bakhtiari. Now, any other injuries that start to happen as good as Aaron Rodgers is, as good as Devonte Adams is, as good as Aaron Jones is when these things start to stack up, given the opportunity cost for them at their, you know, ADP. I think that, I think those are, some fair concerns. Um, we haven't really seen a ton of other camp, you know, uh, uh, cut day, like major, major impacts. I hadn't seen this one, which we can talk about really quickly. Uh, very interesting for the Falcons on there. You know, they obviously cut JV and Hawkins and JV and Hawkins also just got cut uh, this morning by the Titans, which makes me feel better about Darrington's health. Um, but the Falcons, you know, this certainly lends credence to the, uh, to, to, if you've been on Mike Davis very much, you know, part of the Mike Davis fade was we expect him to get the high value touches. We expect him to get plenty of work, um, you know, early on in the season, but it's possible he's a type of guy that fades as the year goes on and maybe just, you know, in a, a, an offense that hasn't been quite as running back friendly as being in the CMC role that he was last year. Um, it's going to be tough for him to put up scores that you, you know, over the course of the entire year that, you know, are super, super beneficial. However, they're only keeping two guys. I guess I could swing either like one of two ways could mean Mike Davis is the guy 
and you know all these high value touches and he has less concern over the course of the season that that he's going to lose some of that work because there's nobody else there right this is what arthur smith and the titans did with um derrick henry they would only they they, they would uh sometimes only keep two two backs with him and darrington now they had some injury concerns and stuff that uh led them to having guys like jeremy mcnichols on the roster but i think this is arthur smith's preference actually but they will they will bring somebody in, right? If something happens to Quadri Allison or something happens to Mike Davis. So it's not like not like you know, you're off scot-free with one of these guys. But I do think it's a little bit of a, a bump for Mike Davis. But the biggest bump, it's gotta be for Quadri Allison, right? It's gotta be the biggest bump for Quadri Allison. I mean, Quadri Allison is like the definition of a jag. Like he he is a just a guy. He is not somebody I think we should be excited about from a talent perspective. They're only keeping two guys. This could also mean that this is just like a straight split between Allison and Mike Davis. Maybe Mike Davis is getting the passing down work, which would make up, which would make sense. But this also, you know, so this also could mean negative things for Mike Davis and just really, really good things for Quadri Allison in terms of you know a last round running back pick. I'm not going out of my way that I got to jam Quadri Allison on all my teams, but I do think this is real. It, it, it's interesting. To say the least, it is it is at least interesting as it pertains to the Falcons' backfield and whether you are on or off Mike Davis and whether you are on or off Quadri Allison. I haven't seen anything on Rashad Penny. I haven't seen anything on Seattle yet. It's still early out there. I don't actually know what the time, you know, like the, the news just seems to kind of flow in throughout the day. Uh, the news just the news just seems to flow in throughout the day. I think this is where we're trending. That it's uh, this is where we've been trending. That Alex Collins is the uh, is the backup, but that also doesn't doesn't really mean anything, right? We just saw with the the Saints thing. Who knows what that means? So this who knows really what all this stuff means with with Rashad with Rashad Penny. But I think that is the majority of the. The camp stuff. I wanted to get out in front of a, a couple of those things just because I think they're important to talk about. And I am certain that we will get more throughout the day. Although I'm not sure how many, you know, we always get surprise cuts, but I guess that Perriman was the big one there for me. Um, and Cam, well, Cam, obviously. I think Cam was a pretty surprise, was a pretty surprise cut, but I'm not certain there's a ton of other situations that we haven't seen uh, play themselves out. But uh, we'll definitely. Keep an eye on that. All right, let's look. Let's look at a few drafts, eh? Let's look at some drafts. Get away from the camp nonsense. Stop talking about the Patriots. Get into get into what we what we normally do here. Share my screen and start trying to dive into some of these teams. Also forgot where we left off last week, so I apologize if I miss. This one has an insane team. Um, let's see. We're just going to start somewhere, guys. I apologize if I miss your team. I think this is about close. I hate this. Zoom. All right. Underdog team, you guys gotta do you guys gotta learn how to do the screenshots on underdog. Killing me with a double double screenshot. Anyway, 2592, Trey Lance, Baker Mayfield, Antonio Gibson, anchor running back is nice. Connor Fitz, Heinz Fitz, Philip Lindsay, and Darrington Evans. I like it. What did we have? We had Lance and Baker. Okay, Baker backdoored a little Baker to DPJ, and you got the Lance, Ayuk, Debo stack there with Hawkinson and Henry. This is nice. And you got a little, you know, ancillary Will Fuller, Parker, Dolphin stack, which you might have gotten sniped on Tua or something. That's why you ended up with the backdoor Brown stack. But if you did, that's awesome, you know? That's that's what we're – that's what, like that's how we, uh, you know, adapt during these drafts. You set up this perfect Lance, Tua – Dolphins, Niners, double stack, and it didn't work out perfect, but that's okay. 
you still have your dolphin stack and now you can backdoor another stack and a great structure. Awesome team. Oh, took Connor over to it. Yep. See, there we go. Took Connor over to a, which I think was totally fine. Push the limits on Tua. Don't reach on Tua to complete your stack. Connor was in, important to this team in this hero structure. And then you, you were still able to, you're still able to get a, a Baker stack. It's nice. Just drafted the puppy three winner AMA. Lamar and Hertz. Hertz at 131 is nice. Hertz at 131 is nice. Eckler hero, you guys are you guys are uh, all in on the structure that I definitely uh, like here, and really really good players. I mean, this is nice. Eckler is your hero. You got two upside bets, and obviously AJ Dillon and AJ Dillon at one hundred seven is nice. Uh, he has risen far past that. Now he is never available at one hundred seven in any draft that I'm doing, uh, and then you get these nice pass catchers to kind of mix in with your upside bets and Geo and James White. I love it. And Darrington, another upside bet late. And you get first round digs. Let's see. You have a, what do we have? Lamar and Hertz. So we got the Lamar. Oh, Lamar, Hollywood, and Andrews. And Naked Hertz. No, Hertz to Goddard. Hertz to Goddard. And again, Goddard is plummeting. And Goddard is plummeting. That's nice. This is nice. Really nice. Great team. Great team. My favorite team yet. We'll be the judge of that, Nick. We will be the judge. Lance and Mostert. Oh, man. So the Lance and Mostert thing is really funny because I don't, you know, I've been on record, like, not totally loving my QB with, with my running back, I know Mostert is, in theory, the pass-catching back, but I also don't know how often they're going to throw to their running backs, especially once Lance gets in there. But Lance and Mostert are this weird correlated upside bet where I know now I'm the one latching on to the, the new thing that we saw in, in the preseason. But I also kind of felt this already that, I mean, Lance and Mostert are such a perfect bet, you know, such a perfect pairing of guys. What Lance provides as you know, the, the, the zone read esque the running quarterback, what he does to defenses to keep them honest on the read. It's just so perfect for Mostert because you, you can't give up a half step to Mostert with his speed around the edge. And we saw that in the preseason game in just a few carries. I mean, my God, Mostert is just running wild and running past the defense because they have to, they have to hang for just another split second because Lance is re you know, is, is giving them the read look. And who baby Mostert. I definitely I was already really high on Mostert, and I think I'm 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 even higher now, although I think the market is a little bit higher too. But definitely Lance Mostert Dylan with Tyreek Nuke McLaurin, Ayuk, Higgins, Boyd. I assume you probably got uh got Burrow here. Let me see. Higby. Chenault Hines, big okay, so but still, didn't get Burrow, and it's totally fine. Now, same thing. Uh, sorry, I should have. I should have looked. Okay, Baker. Did we get a backdoor Baker? Backdoor Baker Higgins. See, so exact same thing. You guys are doing the 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 sharp thing, right? Um, you probably prefer DPJ, but still, go get your go get the backdoor with Higgins. Oh, and you have Hooper, and you have Hooper. So you so you get um, still get a Browns a Browns double. Mix in Hines, Geo, Tojo, good old Tojo, and Ty Johnson. Awesome fits with this structure. Love it. Beautiful team. And the receivers are just sick. Love, love, love your receivers. A little worried about your running backs. Love that team, Nick says. My last puppy two slow draft. Good Lord. Puppy two slows are still going on. Oh, Mike Davis at pick 76. Let's see. Little Rogers to Devante. What else we got? Ooh, Pitts. You know, I'm going to like a Pitts. Pitts at 52 is nice. Okay. 
Devontae in the first, A.J. Brown, McLaurin, Pitts, ETN, Visca, Mike Davis. Oh, we got, oh, and Fitzpatrick. Okay, so Fitzpatrick to McLaurin is nice. Rodgers to Devontae is nice. Obviously, bearing the lead that ETN is there, but that's okay. You can still win with this team. You can win this league with ETN. You hurting a little bit for the playoffs? Probably. You hurting a little bit for the playoffs? Yeah, Nick. A little worried. Little worried about your running backs. Great receivers, though. Next time, think about spending a little more draft capital on your running backs. But seriously, that was a fun team. Um, yeah, I mean, so these this you know this ETN thing. This team is just awesome. If uh, you know, if ETN doesn't go down, I think. But such is life, right? I got I got plenty of ETN ETN teams, and like your ETN, like I said, your ETN teams aren't dead to advance. They might not even be dead to like make it out of the first round of the playoffs. If you build them, if you build them with a good structure, they're probably hurting. You know, you're probably not winning the million with an ETN team, but I think you can still make you can still make money. See how we got Camden. Ooh, a little too. Another anchor RB team with Antonio Gibson, which you know is playing to my heartstrings. CD Lamb obviously loves CD Lamb. Kelsey in the first round. Cup, Chase, Boyd, Sutton, Pittman, Rondale, just smashing, just like you should here. Take a detour for for Edmonds. This is the crazy thing about DraftKings is. You can take these detours, man, and you're still getting 12th round wide receivers that are like eighth round picks on on underdog. It's pretty crazy. DraftKings is pretty crazy, but the dirt uh, Burrow double and a little Week 17 game stack with Travis Kelsey and what we see: uh, Jamal, Madison, Damian, awesome running back picks, Booker, and then punt off tight end. Punt off your 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 tight end too, and I guess is Teddy the Teddy's the QB too? Yes, man. That's the th- that's the difference is that you and I like Teddy fine actually, especially you have Sutton, right? Yeah, you have Sutton. So like, I like I kind of like Teddy as a as a, a QB too, especially on DraftKings because like it's so so easy to get locked out of quarterback on DraftKings. I mean, it, the rooms are so hard to judge there. Because they they just they do not always stick to the old ADP. Hyper fragile puppy three slow draft. Oh baby, oh yeah. Robust RB Kamara, Chubb, Naji. Okay, so here's the one thing I'm gonna say about when you go with hyper fragile, especially when you draft Rodgers. I, you you need the wide receiver quantity. I, I would not draft Tyler Croft or Ryan Fitzpatrick on this team. And I would draft 11 wide receivers. Because I you just need, like, you're running really thin. When you use your first three picks on running backs, you're already out of the, you know, the super elite tier of wide receiver, right? Your first wide receiver is Deontay Johnson. Your second wide receiver is Odell Beckham, which can be fine. If you watch the draft that Evan Silva and I did uh, on Friday, we went like super robust, but we drafted 12 wide receivers. We did two. Yeah. 12, 12 wide receivers, you know, in a big dog. Now, obviously two, four, 12, two. Um, but if you, once you've committed, you got to get the wide receiver quantity. And so maybe if you wanted to take the third tight end, if you're if you're you don't feel as comfortable with with Tunyon Komet, I think you should feel comfortable with Tunyon Komet as two as your your only two tight ends. But if you don't and you want to take the third tight end, I definitely don't. I definitely think you can't take um, Fitzpatrick on this team. You just need the wide receiver quantity. Other than that, this looks good. Putting Lazard on there, Lazard, Lazard, Lazard. Why did I say that? Putting Alan Lazard on there is nice. Getting Cobb, 
uh, to backdoor your Roger stack with Tunyon, right? Something happens to Devante and it's wheels up for these guys. Might not be wheels up for Rogers, but wheels up for these guys. So it's extremely close to a good team. I personally think uh, you need a little bit more at wide receiver, even though those got those late wide receivers, like feel gross. You just need the shots on goal at wide receiver. Found a squad with Henderson and J Rob. My one, my one J Rob chair. That's, that's, uh, that's how I feel too. Like, Oh, please let my couple of, of closing line value teams, closing line value teams on Henderson be good. And this one nice. See that it is also always nice to either have done it with like when you have when you had James Robinson or Henderson, like late round those of, of those guys, or Gus now. If you had late round those guys, you always hope that it's like on a hero RB team or on uh you know, just on a really well structured team. Ideally, it's probably like hero RB or zero RB, because that's right, that's where they'll they'll give you the most value. And so that's why it's nice to have this, right? Edmonds and then and then Robinson, and then I think you said Henderson. And so you actually still have three really good, you know, usable running backs at a, at a cheap cost, and you got to get the Diggs-Allen stack. You got to get Ridley Cup. You got an elite tight end with Kittle, right? Fisca, Rondale. What else we got? Daniel, the old Daniel Jones. Got it. It always feels so gross having to backdoor Daniel Jones because you get run out of quarterback. But, but I mean, the rest of this is nice, right? Traquan much later than he was going. Get the Bills double with with Manny Sanders. You know, yeah, even late round Ramondre is nice. And obviously, you know, when KJ Hamler was going in the 19th, 20th round, that's that's really nice. So fun, fun team. I would be excited about I would be excited about that. Most fragile. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh did you cut off your quarterback? Oh, Lawrence and Tua and Tunyon and Komet. See, there's a team that just did Tunyon and Komet as a two as two quarterbacks. And Lawrence and Tua. So we got the Lawrence Visca, Lawrence Visca stack with the um and, and a little Carlos Hyde, which I'm not sure I would call Carlos Hyde in my stack, but makes sense. Tua Fuller Devontae Parker is very, very nice. The receivers look great and I, most people are not going to pull up a team that has you know Eckler I obviously like but then you're not going to pull up a team that has Philip Lindsay Rashad Penny Carlos Hyde and Savan Ahmed and they're like yeah I like it but I but I mean I I think that these kinds of teams whether it ends up being these guys or not right I don't have I don't personally feel very good about those four running backs but that's not the point the point is you built a structure around that anchor running back and mixed in four fragile running backs of your preference, all at fine values. And, you know, you, you do that as many times as it makes sense during your drafts, build the right structure and hope that the play, you know, hope that the structure wins and you just get lucky on whichever players, right? Maybe I'm wrong about Philip Lindsay. Maybe Rashad Penny is still the running back too, right? Maybe Savan Ahmed ends up taking a step forward. Maybe Miles Gaskin goes down, whatever. It's really nice. Um, let's see what we got, Rob. Dak, love the, the falling Dak value. First thing, I'll, first thing I'll say is I see Dak, Matt Ryan, but but it's a three QB team. So I would not do the third quarterback. Like, I mean, Tyrod, definitely not. I would definitely not do Tyrod on a team with Dak and Matt Ryan. I wouldn't do, I would not do a, a third quarterback at all, period. But Tyrod is getting you nowhere with this team. He's never going to be in your lineup. He might not even be the starter for them for the whole year. I, I would never personally draft Tyrod, but if if people told me they wanted to draft Tyrod, like, okay, maybe he maybe he does hold this job the whole year. And I just I got ran out of quarterback. I have three crappy quarterbacks and I just needed a guy to mix in there. Or like again, maybe I got ran out of quarterback and I have Trey Lance as my QB one, and I don't know exactly how much he's going to play to start the year or Justin Fields. Um, and I want to use Tyrod. That's fine. But I, Ty, Tyrod is just a, a wasted roster spot on this team. Other than that, though, James Robinson and Henderson. So it looks like this was, you know, so the other concern here with this team is that it looks like you took Robinson and Henderson after their 
you know, after their situations, right, had changed, obviously, and after their ADP had risen like a ton. And so that can be okay, depending upon the contest that you're in. That can definitely be okay, depending upon the contest you're in. I'm not sure that there was a contest that has opened, however, where it made sense to buy both of those guys after after their ADP shot up, because I think they're pretty much every tournament that was up, maybe the six dollar on DraftKings or maybe the second single entry i can't remember exactly there might be a a, a tournament but i don't think there's many instances where you want to be buying you know third round james robinson and fifth round uh henderson after that you know after they've already moved up because you're going to be playing against so many teams that have them later henderson probably is fine henderson probably is fine depending on the again depending upon the contest but um, i'm not sure about robinson Anyway, Dak, Amari, Gallup, you know I love that stack, and you know I love the the Dak value. Obviously, Diggs and Ridley is fun. Galladay, um, I think buying buying the dip on Galladay is fine. I'm not super bullish on him, just like in general, but I think, I mean, how is he that much different than all these other wide receivers going in the 80s and 90s now? So I think that's more than fine. You get Tony Pollard, which I like as another correlated bet with Dak and you have Matt Ryan to Ridley Connor is a, another running back that made sense. So you got upside plays here at, oops, at running back Jared cook with Gesicki and Jarwin. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't hate really most of this player selection, right? You even got a little, uh, Lions bet here. I kind of like those, like whether it's Hawkinson and Swift or Tyrell, Amonra, last round Cephas or last round Khalif Raymond now, right? That Perriman is gone. The Lions should be chasing a lot. And I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't think we want to be taking Jared Goff personally, but if the Lions are giving up a ton of points and chasing, there can be fantasy goodness on the other side in like a, a game stack scenario. So I don't mind pairing some Lions. So um, maybe a couple things, Rob, that I would, that I would personally change. But that's just me. More Rob teams. Let's see what we got here. Yeah. So again, I I think I, I think if I were you, I would visit this structure a little bit. You have an elite quarterback and you have an elite tight end here with Kyler and with Mark Andrews. And taking three when you've spent that kind of capital on those on those guys. I think is going to hamstring you at these other positions. And then you took seven running backs when you drafted Kamara and Mixon. And so, you know, your wide receivers are just going to be real thin. Like I know the first few seem, seem okay, but you're going to need the depth at wide receiver. You're going to need the depth at, at wide receiver to only have seven, only having seven. I think you should probably have more than seven on any DraftKings team, given 20 rounds, given full point PPR, but like, I wouldn't even argue, you know, if you like started with seven wide receivers and you only wanted to take seven or something, there's probably scenarios where you could argue it. But when you, you took a first round running back, a second round running back, uh, you know, a fifth round quarterback, fourth or fifth round quarterback, fifth or sixth round tight end, your wide receiver, like you're, you're going to have the worst wide receivers in the league, which can be okay. can be totally fine. I have teams that have done that, but then you, you need to take, quantity at that position and so um i I just don't think you want to take the third quarterback and the third you know yeah we have Taysom and tua like i don't Taysom isn't doing anything for you on this team and honestly neither is is troutman or Ferkser if you prefer one one of the two um and there are times where three quarterback builds make sense or three tight end builds make sense even even when even maybe when you take more of an elite guy, like even maybe when you take Andrews, there's times, you know, maybe like you said, you or like you have here, you backdoored uh, a Saints stack, which I actually think can be totally fine, right? Michael Thomas buying the dip on Troutman and you, you got Taysom. I think that if you have Andrews and you want to do something like that, that's fine. But then I would I would forego a Tua or something like that. You know, you just need to do make some sort of a swap to get a little a little extra wide receiver firepower. But it's really not that it's really actually not that far off. And I think the only time where you went wrong was like from from what from Tua on. Everything was totally fine up through like AJ Green, and then from Tua on, um, 
I, uh, I would be mixing in some some wide receivers over the Justice Hills, Ferksers, Troutmans, Booker, etc. Yeah, this is a good. Um, I get it. Trust me, I get it. It sucks, but if you're assuming assuming you're drafting multiple teams into these contests. You got to draft like each each one of them to maximize that upside. And I get, you know, that feeling of being burned. Trust me, I got burned on plenty of teams last year. Dak was one of my highest owned quarterbacks. Um, I'm trying to think of, I was still, <laughs> I have early Chris Herndon teams again this year, and I drafted Chris Herndon last year too. But like, you know, you get burned on. It could just be not even just that they got hurt, just that something happened to that guy and. and but we want to maximize the teams that we don't get burned on, right? As opposed to handicapping teams, right? Like if Andrew stays healthy, you don't want Troutman on this team. If Kyler stays healthy, you don't want Taysom on this team. You want to be able to use those picks and maximize for the scenario in which these things went right for you. So I get, I definitely get it, but that's uh, that would be my feedback. So similar similar thing here. I think you get the I think you get the picture. And same thing, same thing here. You know, you took Noah Fant. You don't need four. You don't need four tight ends. Got two quarterbacks here, but same thing. The other thing here would be with running backs. Even if you even if you do want to take three three tight ends, I, you don't want to take four. I'll tell you that. But even if you even if you do want to take three, I think that that's totally. Like nothing is completely rigid, right? As it pertains to any any specific position. You want to take three quarterbacks, you know, because you want to add in that stack. I think that there's absolutely merit to that. This is just my personal preference on how I would approach it. But I think if you want to have a third stack, I think that that's okay. If you want to have a third tight end, especially when there's 20 rounds, I get that. So like, I totally get that point. What's, what I actually think is the, the bigger thing with these teams is when you invest, you know, a first and a second round pick on a running back, and then you especially invest another pick, like with Miles Gaskin, and even another pick with Kenyon Drake, you can't take seven running backs. You can probably overcome, you know, easily overcome three tight ends or three quarterbacks. And, and it, you might even be able to argue it's better to have the three at that position um, when you invested a lot in early running back, but you can't also invest a lot early and invest a lot in quantity. Let's see if we can hit a few, hit a few more here from this morning. Try to try to rapid fire a little bit. Try to rapid fire. Two five eleven two. See here we go. This is nice. See here's here's what I'm talking about. Took Kamara early. Took Ceh early. And then kind of dabbled with Melvin Singletary and Jamal Williams, and then stop. It's over at running back. You're done because you want to be using Kamara and Ceh's score. And maybe the couple times you don't, you've got these other middle round fallback options, right? Melvin Gordon, Jamal Williams, whatever. Devin Singletary. That's perfect. Now leverage that, especially when you leverage, you know, when you used a, a fairly high pick on Russ and a third round pick on Kittle. Those are great picks. Two of my favorite guys at their position. Now you use that, the fact that you used a first round pick on a running back, a third round pick, you know, a second round pick on a running back and a third round pick on a tight end and a sixth round pick on a wide receiver. And now let's just hammer, or excuse me, a sixth round pick on a quarterback. Now let's just hammer wide receiver, right? Just give me, give me Lockett, Higgins, Devo, Samuel, Pittman, Beasley, Rager, Diami, Djax, Pringle. Cole, right? You're just stacking them up because you need as many as you can get when you didn't invest a lot of, of high draft capital in it. So that's really nice. That's really nice. Let's see what we got here, Rob. CMC. Okay, okay. CMC, wait, and you use Harris as that second back and Rojo, Carter, White, and C. So that's where I would probably stop at James White and not, not add on Tony Jones here. But this is close. And then we got Big Ben. Yeah, Cam, that hurts. 
Cam, Cam Hurts, and three tight ends. So again, the 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 three quarterback, three tight end thing is the one thing I you know I would make sure you're having enough firepower at 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 um you know definitely at wide receiver in in, in these builds. But the opposite would be true if you if you didn't invest you know if you started with six wide receivers, you need to make sure you have enough firepower at, at running back too. You know, just making sure that where you lack quality in terms of draft capital, you need quantity in terms of overall number of players at that position. All right. Sorry, Rob. I got to get, I got to get somebody else in here. Ooh, standard, standard league time, baby. I am not the expert in standard leagues. I am not the expert in standard leagues. So I'm putting that caveat out there first, but we got a little, looks like zero RB team. I don't know when you drafted. I don't know when you, Oh, Gus 83rd, Gus 83rd overall. I think that that's, that's more than fine, especially, I mean, you get Devontae, Ridley, Jefferson, Cup, Higgins, and Superflex with Dak and Herbert. Yeah, Gus is more than fine at, at, in the ninth round. Obviously, Dylan. You know I love Dylan. This is nice. I like the 49ers. D got a little Trey Lance action in there. Let's see what we did the rest of the way. Jamal Williams, Geo, Tojo. This is nice. This is a fun team. Really fun team. Lance and Cousins for some more. Rondale and Terrace, Callaway. That's an awesome team. Let's see what we got going on here. Back to some underdog. A lot of DraftKings teams in a row. Back to some underdog. 3-3, three, 9-3. Three, three. So there's... Uh, you, you guys know I this is some fragile shit at running back, and you know damn well that I love that. Chubb, Saquon, almost stop. And then, like, what's real gal-brained about it is it's leveraging against CMC. I prefer if I only have three. I'm like, you know me and the anti-bi-week stuff. I, I would say I do prefer if I only have three to have them spread out across three different bi-weeks. So I will say that. And this is some real gal brain stuff, you know, with Chuba as your last uh, running back in a three RB team. Even I can't, even I can't personally go that far, but I like experimenting with crazy stuff like this. However, you, I, I want to leverage the fact that I only took three running backs with wide receiver quantity. And I, I get, you know, the idea of, okay, I, I you know, you pushed the third running back so far that maybe nine receivers can still make sense. But I, I, I do struggle with it a little bit, you know, because Logan Thomas is what, like an eighth round pick and Russ is a seventh round pick. So the wide receiver firepower is a, is a little bit light still, but I get what you were going for. And I like, I like the aggressive, I like the aggressive approach here. This morning, Larry, last one, last one. Per- pretty perfect timing. Last one. Kyler and Mac, nice. Got in on the Mac action. Zero RB with Ronald Jones, James Conner, Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams, Chuba, and Justice. Beautiful archetypes, beautiful mixture of players, in my opinion, on a zero RB team. Diggs, Nuke, Woods, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Nagy. Oh, and then even your later round receivers. I love it. Paris Gamble, KJ Hamler, Logan Thomas with Mo Ali Cox. Who were the quarterbacks? Kyler to Nuke and Mac. Unfortunately, I would really prefer to have Mac stacked. I get he was like super, super late, so it's not a big deal. And you have an elite uh, quarterback already, so not a big deal. But, you know, Mac really isn't going to run a ton. Mac really isn't going to run a ton. Um, so I would kind of prefer, you know, James White, Hunter Henry, Janu, Jacoby, um, Aguilar, even Kendrick Bourne, JJ Taylor, whatever. I would, uh, I would prefer a little bit of extra, uh, Patriots correlation there. Yeah. I think I get the idea of the three team, not this one. I know this was about the team before Nick, I get the idea about the, the, the three. I think I would want to, to, it's really crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm not throwing out any of these like super galaxy brained, ideas they're they're definitely interesting right if you get a week three cmc acl tear this is like sick i think you're drawing a little bit too thin um in terms of 
what you're what you're shooting for and i I know we're really shooting for first and so i i i get i I get the idea it's not it's maybe a little bit too too out there for me which is maybe uh (laughs) something i don't i don't usually say but you guys get me every single week you guys have something that it's it's at least interesting and i like that we're having the conversations about these kinds of builds and these kinds of structures because it pulls us all out of our comfort zone and gets us away from kind of the robotic nature of of how we just keep doing these drafts and keep clicking the same things and the same structures and the same players. And so I think, I think it's pretty fun. Um, before we wrap Greg. Uh, yeah. I, th- I, uh, I think we're starting next week. I got it. I've been busy. Uh, Blender and I have definitely started talking um, heading into the DFS season. I will still be doing uh, my DFS work. So, you know, I'll still be like full-time basically on, best ball and spike week stuff, you know, uh, definitely going to be doing in season NFL stuff. They're definitely going to be dropping new contests even once. So best ball season is not over when week one gets here and NBA will be coming very soon. So I'll be, you know, full head of steam on best ball for NBA. Um, hopefully we'll be able to even get like some NHL stuff up and then definitely again, you know, baseball will be coming soon and then we'll just keep this best ball cycle going for all the sports, which I expect underdog to be killing it on all the sports and all the different kinds of contests. However, for DFS, I will still be doing the grind on 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 Roto Grinders. Um, I'll be doing a lot of NFL content. Um, I can't announce everything yet. We're not announcing it yet. All my content and stuff will be up on Roto Grinders, and any podcasts I do for DFS for Roto Grinders will be on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. Feed, feed, Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed. I combine feed and podcast into peed which is probably not great uh disclaimer pg-13 warning um so yeah the dfs stuff will be on rg and blender and i are doing the uh, i am coming back to the theory of dfs podcast for nfl dfs season so we got a lot going on everything here at spike week everything at rotor grinders the theory of dfs thank you guys for sharing this, all these drafts. They're so much fun to go through. Um, Super quick housekeeping. We have still the drafters promotion going on. It's going on all the way up until the season. If you sign up on drafters.com, use promo code SPIKEWEEK, you will get a 25% deposit bonus up to 100. So if you deposit $400, you would get 100. That's the specifics of that, but you have a 25% deposit bonus on any deposit, again, up to $400. And you'll be entered into our exclusive, only ones out there, Spike Week, $5,000 free roll for every time on drafters you enter into their $11 Best Ball Championship 2. Assuming you have signed up with promo code Spike Week, you'll be entered into our tournament within a tournament where we'll track it on spikeweek.com. There's across the the top menu, there's a drafters contest leaderboard. And every week, every Monday during the results recap, I will pull up that leaderboard and we'll see the, the tournament within the tournament. So every one of your $11 entries into Best Ball Championship 2 is automatically entered into our free roll. At the end of the year, the top three in that free roll will make their share of $5,000. 2500 to first, 1500 to second, and 1000 to third. And you'll get paid out on drafters in your drafters account. The other thing is if you're in the discord already, if you're not in the discord, make sure you go to spikeweek.com and click discord and sign up for the sign up to get into the discord. The conversation is crazy. You guys are awesome. So much fun conversation. I learn something new every day from, from you guys. And there's really insightful conversation constantly. Um, but we're also a week from yesterday uh, so next Monday, I'll be doing a live stream where we're giving away tickets, one big dog ticket on underdog. So yes, if you have not been able to enter the big dog, maybe it doesn't fit your bankroll, we'll be giving away a ticket to the big dog, as well as five tickets to Best Ball Mania 2 and 10 tickets to the Drafters Best Ball Championship 2. All you have to do to enter is invite people to the Discord. Really simple. Go into the Discord, click Invite. And send that out to whoever you want, your buddies, friends, family, dog, sister, wife, ex-wife, 
grandma, grandpa, whoever, send it out to, to your friends and family. Every single person that joins from your invite, you'll get an entry into. So if you invite 500 people and they join the Discord, you get 500 entries into the drawing for those tickets that I'll give away on Monday. Those are the two big promos. Thank you guys for hanging out. Oh, one second. Yes. Um, if you already signed up, you can still put the promo code in um, for for your like deposit again, right? Deposit five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, however much you want to deposit and use promo code Spike Week. If you're already signed up, it'll still count. You'll still get entered from every point there forward. Your $11 entries will go will go in. So even if you already have a drafters account, even if you've already deposited, you can still get entered into the free roll. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. This was a ton of fun, tons of information, tons of drafts. Like I said, I learned something from you guys every day. Tomorrow, we are back with the happy hour. It's been a lot of fun doing the happy hour. If you haven't had a chance to join and hang out yet at the happy hour, 5 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday, we just, all the Spike Week folks come, we hang out, we shoot the shit, we have a good time, maybe have a drink or two, chat best ball. Season's almost here. Season's almost here. For me, for Damian Harris, for James White, for all the Patriots people, I'll see you guys tomorrow at happy hour.